Welcome to the 19th episode of Junto Club. This is one of our more controversial episodes as we talk about depression, anxiety, and the treatment of mental health conditions using hallucinogens. This includes diving into the neuroscience and behavioral science related to these conditions, as well as the pharmacology of the legal and illegal treatments for these conditions. We discuss why these drugs may or may not work for certain people, and Jake provides insights based on first-hand experiences. We'll be putting out new episodes in May. Matt and Shu are defending their dissertations over the next couple of weeks. In the meantime, for any questions, comments, or if you'd like to rant on something important to you, email juntoclubpodcast at gmail.com. This is Junto Club. Junto Club. Welcome to episode 19, or meeting 19 of the Junto Club. Uh, so the Junto Club is an idea hatched by Shu, uh, where we're supposed to discuss, or we're, we're drawing inspiration from Benjamin Franklin's Junto Club. Started when he was roughly like 30 years old, and he would discuss issues of the day, politics, philosophy, uh, science, and other things um, that interested him with friends uh, in, an or- in, I guess, in an effort to better understand themselves, better understand the world around them, and uh, I guess improve themselves. So we're trying to improve ourselves here. Uh, Michael, Matt, and Shu are the regulars. Jake is now a pretty... Our JC is now a pretty regular <laughs> guest. Um, so, and uh, meeting 19, the, our main topic is like your brain on drugs, specifically how to psych, how uh, could psychedelics help with mental health? So, mm. so and Shu, I guess, is going to start with a quote. Yeah, usual. but before I go there, I say you're talking about improvement. I, I feel like your intro needs huge improvement. Oh, boom. Yes. The critique comes out. I got my second <laughs> vaccine today, so. Oh, really? Oh, how's en- that? Yeah. Well, I'm low energy. It was also a long day at work, but. Okay. Yeah, watch out, because uh, the block clock, right? Which vaccine are you getting? Oh, Pfizer. I'm not Pfizer, Johnson okay. Johnson, that fucking bullshit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I thought uh, people were saying that, you know, Pfizer might have a block cause block clock as well but but of course Pfizer say no you know (laughs) that's not the case but so far the uh, mRNA ones are good as far as I know yeah Mm. that's like the top tier vaccine you know if you can't get the mRNA you gotta settle for like old school stuff what's what's mRNA oh mRNA okay yeah Yeah, the the Moderna and the Pfizer are the new type the mRNA Oh, that, that's not technology they're talking about behind the vaccine, mRNA. Okay. The, uh, what about what about Johnson Johnson? What kind of technology? They are using not they are not using mRNA. No, it's they 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 were the ones who were using like uh like uh, you know old fashioned like the viruses uh, or like pieces of you know dead pieces of the virus are introduced to your immune system rather than like uh like the messenger RNA that like builds uh you know antibodies <laughs> oh okay builds a spike protein to yeah. trigger antibodies yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, okay okay so how, how'd you feel 
Well, I mean, I feel okay. I'm just I, like, I, honestly, it was just like I literally got out of a meeting at work at like you know five fifty eight. So I'm just uh, mm. so okay. So. so yeah, some of my relatives, like, but they're older, and they they got it, and then they have like cold sweat like for a couple of days and have a like really bad cold or something. Yeah. Mm. Right, right, I got, right. Yeah. No, I've heard that. I mean, I've heard the second one can be bad, but I yeah. mean, so far, I like the only thing I've noticed is just being tired, and you know that could just be because I sleep horribly. So okay, <laughs> all right, okay, all right. Then your bad intro was uh, is, is was excused. That's right. <laughs> no, I I should have been looking at the uh, the script we have prepared, but I just tried to wing it. <laughs> that's so. good. That's good. I think winging it's I think winging it's better. Just maybe occasionally refresh so that you kind of have some of the structure in your head. But yeah. All right. So cool. All right. Tradition. Let's start with a quote from Benjamin Franklin. Today's quote is. Uh, quote, fools make feasts and wise men eat them, end quote. Got it or do I need to repeat it? Uh, I think so. This is uh, Benjamin Franklin taking shots at the service industry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah, my first, my first thought was this kind of sounds negative towards our pal old Ben because it's like, I don't know. It almost sounds like, you know, the people making feasts are the ones, you know, doing something, building something up. And he's kind of saying like the smarter people just like, you know, use and abuse those who like build society. Mm. I don't know. That was my first interpretation. But maybe he just means, you know how they say like a fool and his money are easily separated. Maybe it's something like that where like in a more abstract sense. Mm. He's just saying, like, foolish people kind of set up issues for themselves and then smart people exploit it. Mm. Anything from you, Jake? Yeah, I I mean, I'm thinking, uh, kind of on with Matt with that a little bit, you know? Or maybe it's just also a little bit more, like, cynical, right? Being like, yeah, I mean, the smart people are the ones that are just going to exploit and take, and you're foolish if you try to make the feast i guess you know i mean mm. kind of you know i mean maybe it could be a little cynical but i kind of like where matt's going with it uh so the matt you were saying what's the yellow coat similar to that uh fools and their money are uh quickly separated oh okay or easily separated it's something like that um yeah, yeah. it's an old saying and it that that's one way it kind of could be interpreted in this case the money is the feast uh okay mm. okay yeah, yeah, kind of makes sense because uh, I think like some people and I try to maybe do, maybe uh, showing off or do a lot of stuff. And they are extra fancy, I don't know, and then mm-hmm. uh, maybe try to make do extra stuff that you know doesn't. So instead of making a meal, right, regular meal, that is good for you, is try to make a feast that shows off or something like that. And then wise men just like people just come to the feast and just eat the feast, right? Instead of you know, yeah, so. Yeah. But yeah, I think I, uh, I, 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 that was similar to I think your interpretation as like why the the fools and their mon, mon, money are soon parted, right? So yeah. All right. Uh, I feel like this one's unusually ambiguous. Like it really could mean a few different things. Yeah. Right. Classic Benji. <laughs> are there any more context around these, or is it just like a like a bullet point list of like individual sentences you're drawing from? This one, no, because I'm I'm getting all these from his book. Uh, uh, what's that called? Uh, Paul Charlie's 
a Paul Richard Almanac, right? So he has these quotes in there. So yeah, there's no context around it. Mm. But yeah. Okay. Anyway, so next up, any small topics that we want to go over? You want to talk about news, mini topics? Well, the hot news is the blood clots, right? I feel like that's Mm. the only kind of big thing lately. Johnson & Johnson was... They pulled it, right? They stopped giving it to people, or did they just stop recommending it? I no, the at federal facilities, they're not giving it, and I think they've recommended that other facilities stop giving it. I think it's more like the government, the CDC, say, "Hey, we should not give it." Pause it for now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. There's you see mixed things. I know some people are saying like, like you know, the chance of getting a blood clot from COVID is much greater than from the vaccine and COVID can also do a bunch of other stuff bad to you. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I've, obviously they should be transparent. I feel like maybe they should just let people decide, be like, Hey, these are the risks, you know, it's mm-hmm. small, but it is there, you know, yeah. if you want to. Right. Well, but I, I guess mean, on the, well, I was just going to say there's already the risk of like, you know, an allergic reaction or something. That's why you had to sign the consent, like you have to sign the consent form and everything beforehand. So, mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. No. All right. I haven't heard much else news wise this week. No. Doggy okay. coin. Oh what? <laughs> Dog like the crypto, like Doge or Doggy Coin or whatever it is. Oh, Doge, oh, Doge coin. coin. Doge that coin. went up, right? Yeah, it's going through. It's going to the moon. Is it has been going up that much? It's news now. It's uh, quadrupled in like three days. Wait, Plus. how much? How much Doge Coin did you have, Mike? A couple hundred dollars. So. Oh shit! Yeah, Wait, you so. mean couple hundred U.S. dollars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how many Dogecoin do you have? Oh, like ten thousand. Wow! All right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so if you go up to one dollar per coin, you're gonna have ten thousand dollars. That's correct. <laughs> so. All right, you did it. Make sure your make sure your home address is not public information. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, so do you know why Dogecoin uh, gone up quadruple like yesterday, a couple of days ago? I didn't. I, I mean, no. I assume it's just because the internet decided to like make it go up. I mean, so like, Elon Musk and Mark Cuban are supporters. Yeah, so the re- yeah, the reason is actually there's a big event happened on Wednesday, which is something called Coinbase, which is oh, the one public, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a Coinbase, the first crypto, uh, almost like crypto exchange. You can buy, and and he basically went public on Wednesday. I think that's why he actually gave the, these uh, cryptos a, a a boost, basically. Right. Mm. Yeah, it's valued at like a hundred billion dollars or something, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, but no, I agree. It was a slow news week, otherwise. But... Yeah, it's, it's it's really strange. Like what what had you on his money come from because we just went through pandemic and then it's like the market just doesn't give a fuck just like pile all the money into investing right everything's going up almost like boom market again well there's been a lot of stimulus right and more spending Mm. from the government to keep the economy going but i think at least some people i mean obviously the more stimulus the more inflation there's gonna be right like and we Mm. haven't seen anything outrageous but i would expect more investments now because more people are like, oh, you know, holding money is going to be worth less. I should need to invest in something to like maintain my value. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Sounds yeah. good. All right, I, I do have a question for Mike and 
And it's for Jake too, because last week you mentioned DMX, right? Now he got he died or something. He was in coma. Oh yeah, yeah he died. Right, yeah. and then and then, and then the day the day later, his news about him is everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. I know he's a rapper, but I don't understand why it would. I guess I don't understand his significance. So maybe you guys can <laughs> can explain it to me. Uh, I think well, yeah, I, I think he was, just, he was just a very popular rapper. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, Did you guys? Yeah, did you guys enjoy his music? Yeah, I liked him. Huh. I mean, I'm familiar with... Like, I, I think I've heard his hits. I did not go deep with DMX. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys mentioned it. I thought maybe you were a like, huge fan or something. <laughs> I mean, I feel like our generation... Like, I mean, even your generation, like, like he was a pretty important player in, like, what, late 90s? Right? Yeah. So, so, I mean, if you... Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of, I guess he had an influence over a lot of people. So it's like a lot of the shows I listened to and a lot of the people who are around my age were devastated, yeah. you know, by what happened. But, you mm-hmm. know, I was never, like, I can't say I was ever really a fan. So it was just like, oh, that's too bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know what to say. Was, nice I nice think... eulogy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you mentioned overdose, right? Or something? Yeah, I, I believe that was. I, yeah, I I believe he overdosed and that led to a heart attack. So, oh, uh, did he? What, what did he take? Not psychedelics, right? No, it's a, okay. that's something to learn. Psychedelics <laughs> very. It's very hard to overdose on psychedelics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's a well. That's perfect segue into our main topic today. <laughs> However, actually, I'm gonna break that segue because I want to talk talk about something uh before that a little bit. So I'm okay. reading a book called When. Uh, it's by Daniel Pink. It's basically, like when is like timing of like doing stuff, right? So, mm-hmm. so in the book, actually, one thing that I think that might be helpful to a lot of people is that might save people's lives is that one one lesson is that don't go to see a doctor in the afternoon, right? Don't get a colon like colonoscopy in a in the afternoon, right? Because mm. the, the reason is that because they 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 found that there's actually a lot of mistakes like the doctors make uh, occur in the afternoon, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So so just don't go see a. Do- I guess the main lesson is that don't go see a doctor in the afternoon, right? Try to do it in the morning because when they are more, I don't know, more uh, alert. So yeah, right. Do they do they have some data on like what the difference is between the morning and like the late afternoon? Like how big is of a risk is it mm. comparatively? Um. Yes, but I forgot the numbers right now. So I can bring it up next week, maybe if you want the actual number. But yeah, basically, I mean, I just, you know, I mean, also, even like any other things as well. Now, if you, a lot of people, they found that actually, like people are getting like harsher sentence. Now, if you may go to the, in front of George, George, right? He actually get harsher sentence if it's in the afternoon when that, you know, I don't know. I guess the judge is more cranky in the afternoon. So. <laughs> I thought I read that it was right before lunch was the worst because they're like they're hungry. And no, it's right at, it's in the afternoon. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean I think that would be well. Yeah, I mean I think that would almost be a good just topic on its own that type of yeah. book because I mean it's and, interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, I just want to quickly mention that. So, so make sure you don't go to see a doctor in the afternoon. Don't make your appointments in the afternoon. Like, it's yeah, good to know. Well, no. I mean, it makes sense if the doctor's coming in at 8 a.m. that if you have the yeah. 4 p.m. you know appointment yeah. just before they leave, they're just like yeah. tired and they're like, what if, 
I mean, I mean, I feel like a proctologist would be an interesting scenario with that, right? Because I feel like if you went in the morning, he's going to be thorough, but he's going to be thorough. Yeah. You went in the afternoon, he might be a little lazy. That's so you're right. like, nice. But then you got prostate cancer and he missed it. Right, exactly. Yeah, kind of like, you know. Depends <laughs> yeah, what you're trying to get out of it. What are you trying exactly. to get out of it, right? You know, yeah. if you're going for frisky, you go in the morning, right? But if you're like, yeah, I just want to get this done, you go, you go at like three. Right. <laughs> if, you're, if you're trying to get a big life insurance policy and don't want them to find anything, you go right. at like 4 p.m. And so, the doctor's like, sure, you're fine. Yeah. You didn't get in there, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what are these? Those are my car keys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh. All right. <laughs> Transitioning back to the main topic. I have a question first, Mike. Is yeah. ecstasy a psychedelic? I don't but no, I but ecstasy is I don't really. It's like a what, like a narcotic maybe or something like that. Right. I I think I ecstasy. Think, I I think it is. Is a I think it is, but yeah. Why well, do you I, want I, to take it? Well, no, because he said it's really hard to OD on psychedelics. And I, my first thought was like, I thought people died on ecstasy, like not commonly, but like you could if you took too much. Well, then I was what... like, well, is ecstasy a psychedelic? I don't know shit about drugs. So. No, I, I believe, no. I think ecstasy may have a different binding profile than most psychedelics. I'm not, mm. I, I, I feel like years ago, I may have actually looked up what it was, but um, ecstasy may be more, Maybe and no, it is. It is. Ecstasy is MDMA. Is a is a is commonly known as ecstasy, but it is a psychedelic because it's it's using MDMA. People referring it very common right now. He's now saying it ecstasy. You just call it MDMA. Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I guess uh, generally when they're talking about drugs that are used in like research for like depression and stuff, uh, they'll sort of talk about lsd and they'll talk about um like magic mushrooms or psilocybin uh so those are i guess generally the drugs that are focused on like with respect to this but yeah yeah i mean but i guess ecstasy ecstasy probably causes heart attacks pretty regularly so Mm. so well, because usually, right. usually ecstasy, it depends. Like, if you get pure MDMA, it's a little bit different. But ecstasy sometimes can be cut with different shit. Mm, so you're not. So sometimes you don't know what you're getting. Well, is it nor is it cut with a stimulant a lot? Like to keep yes, the party but going. Like, okay. But like, right, right, right. Yeah, but like, yeah, okay. but like, what kind of stimulant? You know. Right, right. Well, because I assume that would factor in, right? I mean, that's why cocaine yeah. kills. I, I mean, mean, you can cut it with some methamphetamine, right? And so right. you're like, you know, and there you go. Yeah. Party's hey. on. Yeah. <laughs> Always good to cut stuff with meth. That never goes Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, I mean, I was thinking about this, uh, starting this out just with more of a, uh, like, sense. Uh, so, I guess the topic sort of was use of psychedelics in, um, the like, with respect to sort of the treatment of sort of mental health disorders. And, uh, so I guess I wanted to maybe start by thinking about like, what do you see as, uh, you know, depression, like depression or anxiety? Like, I guess discuss what you guys see as, you know, what would define that for you? Cause I'm curious. Define what? Like depression or anxiety, like anxiety disorders. Hmm. Hmm. Well, if I 
would have to. So I feel like depression is characteristic of like not having just like drive or getting enjoyment from anything. And then mm-hmm. anxiety, you know, I mean, that is a feeling like feeling anxious. Right. And I feel like those are feelings that everyone has times everyone experiences that, but it becomes like a problem when like it becomes so severe that it's like really common and impacting your life. Right. So if everyone has anxiety, but if you're regularly having it over nothing, especially, you know, then mm. it's like becomes like an anxiety disorder or something like that. And then, uh, and the same thing with depression, right? If like everyone has time when you're just kind of like feeling meh, but if like, you're just regularly not motivated or enjoying anything and it's like, then you're depressed. That's, right. that's what I would, how I would try to define it. So for me, actually, I just heard a quote from Michael Pollan. Uh, I think it's, I think it's Michael Pollan. Yeah, he wrote a book on that. And he actually has quote, his, his quote about is, is that he says that um, depression is regret about a past, whereas anxiety is regret about a future. So <laughs> I don't really know. I, I kind of, I'm not sure if I totally, like, see what he means but anyway so next next i want just want to relate that but to me uh, i don't know depressed i feel like depression and anxiety might i'm not sure if they are very to me i i, I guess i i don't know too much to say that what they means to me because about depression is like and there's a spectrum i think right from minor depression to a uh, big depression whereas for me i think personally as uh well, during the PhD career, I guess I feel like a lot of times I feel like, oh man, I just like feel like a failure, right? It's like, is that a depression? Like, is that sometimes I feel like, oh, I, I may, maybe it's better that like I'm dead right now, right? So sometimes I've had a feeling, but I never have the feeling that, oh, I want to kill myself, right? So I would say mm-hmm. like deep depression would be something that someone wants to do that. And yeah, so I'm not sure that qualify as a minor depression or something, but yeah. Yeah. Well, Jake, do you want to add anything? Uh, I-, I wanted to get kind of weird and abstract with it and be like, depression is like you're melting, and like anxiety is just constant vibration. Mm. We can tell who's done the most drugs here now. Exactly. Yeah. Very yeah. Obvious. There, yeah. There's your drug. There's your drug answer right there on the secret of the topic. Boom. Uh, all right. Well, are you on right now? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. It'd be great. Yeah. No, but uh okay. Well, I basically so yeah, I listened to the podcast with Michael Pollan uh as well. But um I guess for me, I went to sort of like studies and uh basically looked at sort of a study psychologist did um trying to disentangle depression and give hints about so I agree with what you said that there's a spectrum shoe and sort of everyone experiences depression differently, right? Like, is it just like, is it a sadness that's prolonged? Is it like zero energy? Is it, you know, more of a self-hatred? Um, and, you know, similar with anxiety, is it like, you know, you're worried about uh, sort of you have unrealistic worries about something like that's very related to your life, you know, like work or something, or is it, you know, anxiety about health, like, like hypochondriacs or something like that. So, I mean, there's a very large and, you know, uh, I guess disparate sort of uh, like ways in which these manifest. But uh, I guess this, uh, the study the in particular that I looked at basically said that people prone to depression and people prone to anxiety 
like both have perceptual, uh, like uh, I, I use the word issues because I don't know of a different word, like have different perceptual systems than people who are sort of, you know, controls, you know, or quote unquote, like don't have that predisposition. And basically all they did was sort of show them different, like, like still images as like stimulus and basically like that were faces and they found with people with depression would attend to like sad faces a lot more like like so stimuli that are sad uh like a lot more compared to sort of people you know the control group and people with anxiety would like uh attend to like angry stimulus like so stimuli that could in theory provoke some type of anxiety you know like they would, so it's really like a perceptual issue is what makes these, you know, mental, uh, you know, mental illness type disorders. So, so mm. that was, um, so basically the, uh, the goal of, or I guess part of the, uh, I guess desire to, tr- or the approach to treat these is to, I guess, change how people perceive the world around them. So perceived mm. stimuli around them. So, uh, quick question. So, what's the yeah. what's the difference between anxiety and depression? I'm not sure if I maybe I missed it. So, uh, so in this particular study, it was people with depression or predisposed to depression would generally attend. So, like, pay more attention to like sad stimuli. Like, so they'd focus on sad yeah. stimuli for a greater amount of time than like happy or angry or like like other types of stimulus like faces essentially was what they used and people with anxiety would attend more to like the angry faces so people with anxiety were focused on you know people looking at the like yeah, 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 yeah. people being angry yeah yeah i think i i got that but what's the from your definition what's the definition for you i guess what's for between depression and anxiety or maybe is that clinical difference i don't know well so i mean i it's just a, so i think depression and anxiety uh, in both cases are di- like so are perceptual differences from the norm like so perce- so like the, essentially it's biased perception both of them are biased perception it's just biasing your perception in different ways yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, yeah, I'm not talking about a perception. I think it's more it's like if you try to explain someone like, hey, I'm having a depressed, I'm depressed, uh, I'm having a depression, I'm having anxiety. But how do you explain a different to someone like me who doesn't know anything about that? Like, what is depression? What is anxiety? I wasn't a difference. I just don't understand. What do, well, what do you mean? Like, anxiety is just like you, you're worried about something. Like, okay. Right? And whereas depression is you feel hopeless or like there's a hopelessness there. Like things will not get better or, you know, I am not sufficient. I mean, I think that like, and I mean, I guess at a behavioral level, that is it. But I think what I'm saying is that stems from how our brain perceives. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, that's something that I think in the podcast you recommended was absolutely lost. (laughs) Like, Mm, you know, that, I mean, I think that, you know, that's fire. Yes, that's right. Starting attacking other podcasts. Yeah, no, I oh. mean, so, uh, yeah, so I, I, so we'll get in. So I guess, so a lot of people will talk about, um, how serotonin relates to depression and anxiety. So, um, you oh, know, before, people... sorry, interrupting again, before I go there, uh, 
so you mentioned a perception of like the picture image, right? Sad image and angry image. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about songs, right? Because uh, anything about do you do you know anything that's about songs, like uh, music? Because uh, personally, one because I don't know why, but I really enjoy like sappy love songs. Like people are really sad songs. Like it just made me feel so good. Like, I don't know, just like, just enjoying listening to it. But I usually I I don't really like happy songs as much. But is that just me, or is that everybody else? No. Okay. I, go I think on. that's I think that's, a, I think that's a clinical term for just bad taste in music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Good joking. point. No. <laughs> no, no. I have an overly serious know. answer, but um, yes, because I actually in my ner- like in some of the classes I've taken, I read about why people like music and. You know, because and I did a project on like, you know, sort of having people empathize using music. So music, yes, is like people sort of try to encode emotion with music. And part of the reason people like it is it's sort of you can relate to people on an emotional level through music. And part of the way in which people uh, or like neuroscientists have looked at it is like when you're listening to music, they're like areas of your brain that are associated with um, basically like making guesses are like, you know, sort of future thinking are often active. And when you're the patterns you're hearing in the music match your expectation of those patterns, you're often going to get like a dopamine hit. So basically I guess those songs are sort of the uh, you know, those songs, like I guess mesh with, like those songs speak to you to put it in a more like typical way. So like you, like, so the patterns those songs have are patterns that you're able to like anticipate and like you get the reward. So I see. I see. So I have a set love lives. And that's why I'm resonate with set love songs. You know, and that's what you're saying. Yes. I think that's what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, it, it, uh, yeah, to a degree. Yes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So okay. the mood you're in, that's, I mean, that's why a lot of, like, you'll listen to a song at one time in your life and you'll be like, oh, I love that song. And then you'll listen to it like a year later and you'll be like, oh, I don't really like, like, it's less relatable or, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, to some degree. Okay. So, yeah. So in any case, uh, de- depression and anxiety, um, people link it to like a serotonin deficiency, right? Like our, mm-hmm. you know, like everyone's heard of like SSRIs at this point. So serotonin, uh, s- like signaling molecule in your brain, neurotransmitter, like people are like, oh, you don't have enough serotonin. And so like you go on an SSRI and people are very like often just like, oh, why don't these work? Or like, why don't these improve my mood? Like immediately. Right. And, uh, Basically, that that's because, so as we talked about, like, depression and anxiety are basically uh, c- conditions that are caused by, like, a bias in perception. And so basically, uh, when, so SSRIs are just going to increase the amount of serotonin in certain areas of your brain. And, like, you still need to essentially, like, relearn I guess how to like, so I, I, I guess the, or the, the, the theory is, is that like, once you have like increased levels of serotonin, you, you still need to like relearn essentially how to like give your attention to like other stimuli. Like, so if you're not like biased in like, like they're not changing your mood, right. You still need to, they're changing your attention. 
So like, so if you were previously, like if you were predisposed to depression and you were largely focused on sad stimuli, like, it's not like you take this and it's like, oh, now like I'm happy because like I took a pill. It's like, it's more just like, oh, I'm like over time I'm getting like my moods improving because I'm less focused on like sad things around me or sad aspects of my life. So it can take like time for that shift to happen. So that's why a lot of people like say like, oh, like SSRIs will not work for people or people will give up on them because it's like, you know, it takes time to sort of make that change happen. Um, And obviously, as we've talked about, like depression and anxiety, like, you know, they manifest in different ways for different people. So, um, you know, obviously uh, the brain is a complex thing. So, you know, like, yeah. So, I mean, depression has been associated with like whole brain effects. So I guess enter in uh, like hallucinogens or psychedelics. So uh, psychedelics uh, will like their chemical composition mirrors serotonin. So or like, or well, their chemical composition essentially allows them to bind to certain serotonin receptors in the quick, brain. Quick yes. question. Uh, what is serotonin? What does it do? So, I mean, it's just a neurotransmitter. So it's a signaling molecule. So like essentially like... I mean, does it make you happy or unhappy? And I, I don't know. What does it cause you to feel? I mean, it's... Well, it's not necessarily cause you to feel. Like, so dopamine is like the one that's like, oh, the reward center of your brain is a dopaminergic system. Like dopaminergic, yeah. like heavy area. So, I mean, so do, that's why people say, oh, get that hit of, hit of dopamine. Because like that dopamine is heavy in uh that 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 particular area serotonin so this is sort of why so uh people talk about you know how uh how you have like trips on acid right and you have this mm. visual hallucinations so uh like so serotonin is like it's very there are serotonin receptors that are very dense in like the prefrontal cortex of the brain but it's really like all the way through the brain, like all the way back to the uh, occipital lobe, which is like your vision system, which is in the back of the brain. Okay. And and ba- so basically like, so you can have visual hallucinations on LSD and stuff because essentially like, I mean, the LSD has a chemical composition that allows it to bind to, and like cause neurons to fire in your vision system too. Mm. So... um so it's, you know, so it can create like excitation in the visual system. So serotonin is something that creates excitation in your visual system? Is that what? Well, no, it's a signaling molecule that's across the brain. So, I mean, okay. serotonin like can cause neurons to fire in your prefrontal cortex too. Or, mm. I mean, there are also like, uh, yeah, I didn't want to get too much into neuroscience. Okay, so what, what's the relation between serotonin and depression? And I guess... So, I, I mean, I don't know that we have a conclusive answer, but I mean, it's sort of what I just uh, talked about. Like, if you, like, so in people who are depressed, hmm. they've found, like, basically uh, hypoactivity and uh, sort of, like, less, like, less dense connections and, like, um, less brain mass and all that type of stuff in, like, areas that are dense with serotonin neurons. Hmm. Or, well, or serotonin receptors, I should say. So, oh, okay. yeah. So, I mean, basically, like, there's a correlation with between serotonin and, like, depression, anxiety. But okay. 
how like the mechanism by which that like you know how, why you know the lack of serotonin leads to these things i don't know is fully explained yet so is ssri you mentioned earlier uh, doing something with serotonin yes so ser- uh, yes serotonin uh like reuptake inhibitor is, is so ss yeah so um so basically your serotonin is that what, what it does ssri yes. yeah okay. so basically like in synapses like between neurons so the area between neuron where these like brain chemicals float around Mm -hmm. there's mechanisms that collect them in order to prevent uh like postsynaptic neurons from firing repeatedly so Mm -hmm. the idea is to essentially like prevent this reuptake of serotonin from happening to increase the levels of serotonin in the brain Hmm. and you know i mean with depression there's like you know like with newer newer generations of drugs there's like all types of uh you know they're like oh we'll you know have reuptake happen for certain types of serotonin because there's like different subtypes of serotonin Hmm. but uh you know so and we'll so we'll target like very specific subtypes and you know there are different results and different people get different results depending on you know what their condition is so yeah. like I say, so anxiety and depression are like messy and we use them like, oh, that's everyone is depressed or everyone is anxious. But it's like, yeah, it's just to, it's individualized. You know, I mean, it's, uh, a, it's a it's a spectrum of spectrums. So, yeah. <laughs> so you so, mentioned like, SSRI and other drugs doesn't really work as good. So so does psycho, psychedelics work much better? So, OK, so psychedelics. So the research has shown that psychedelics, um, like, I mean, it's shown in, like, comparing, like, psychedelics, I mean, especially, like, psilocybin, like, is the big one being researched. So I guess the reason I wanted to bring up this topic is there's a company um, that, uh, I guess, Cybex, I believe is the name, like, in Toronto, that um, is, like, so Kernel is a company that makes, like, a premier wearable EEG machine. Mm. And basically they partnered with 50 different like people and labs. And that one of them was this like Cybex company. I was like, what do they do? And they, they're doing research on like the use of psychedelics and specifically like magic mushrooms and depression. And so on their website, they had a bunch of studies over the course of years that basically show like when comparing controls and people who take psychedelics that you know they show like mood improvement you know like sort of shortly after treatment and like even like six months out people like are a lot of people are able to uh you know like show positive results so i mean Mm -hmm. so with this psychedelic um with the psychedelic, I mean, so psychedelics for the most part are going to essentially mirror the chemical composition of like serotonin. So they're going to bind to the receptor serotonin. So, you know, I mean, rather than SSRIs, which are like, we're going to increase the levels of serotonin, um, increase the le- 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 levels of serotonin by preventing the uptake of what your brain naturally has made this is essentially like, here's a chemical that's pretty good at binding to these receptors. So we're just going to like essentially feed in serotonin to your brain. So. So neurons start just firing somewhat randomly or is it just, they're much more sensitive to stimuli. So they fire easier. 
Well, yeah, I mean, so Sarah, so the, so essentially the chemical will bind and cause, you know, your, like the neuron to fire. And of course there's like inhibitory neurons, excitatory neurons. So, I mean, it's a little bit um, messy, like whether it's like increasing brain activity or lowering brain activity, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so, but I mean, basically. uh, So you're saying uh, psychedelics increase your amount of serotonin as well? Well, not, I mean, not exactly, but yes. I mean, yeah, essentially it it mimics serotonin. So it replaces serotonin in, you know, the like firing process. So why is it better than SSRI then? Um, Well, it could, well, I mean, it doesn't, it, I mean, it's unclear, I guess, if it's better, Mm. but preliminary studies would be like, are excited about this Mm. because um, basically it could uh, so, I mean, I think in the podcast you recommended, you know, they said something about, like there was a quote that uh, basically said like serot- or psychedelics are to the brain, the understanding of the brain, what the telescope is to astronomy and the uh, microscope is to biology. Mm-hmm. And that and that's, that's a big a, statement. That is a big statement, and it's I sort of disagree with it, but it, it, I mean, because <laughs> right, I mean, but serotonin is gonna like bind to these different like receptors, and it's essentially like it's gonna show like so if you think of our brain as like essentially just a bunch of networks that are connected, then it's essentially like serotonin like in theory could be one like if the neuro like if the neurotransmitter serotonin is responsible for certain things like if you just pump in a drug that can like essentially light up the networks it's involved in it could sort of you could sort of see what the uses are of or like you know you could essentially like say okay the networks it's lighting up are responsible for this and you know when we make them fire this is what they sort of produce um, in our consciousness. So, so I, oops, we sorry. lost Jake. Yeah, I think Jake uh, froze. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, so he made- I want to expand because I think she had a good question here. And we might, this might just be a case of we don't know, but mm-hmm. like the difference between if these things are binding to the same like receptor sites as serotonin, why is the effect much different than taking an SSRI? Is it just scale? Like that they end up binding much more like they will pump more of the way more of this artificial chemical or is it like they function differently in the receptor site uh that's my understanding so that's i mean that would be my guess so i don't have a perfect answer to that but that's my sort of my understanding is that basically it would be um uh, like essentially the chemical has like so that there's a binding uh coefficient that basically says like how good a chemical is at binding to certain receptor sites and so I think these chemicals have for certain types, like each drug is different, but um, the binding profile of these usually have like very high binding efficacy for at least one type of serotonin receptor. So mm. um, whereas SSRIs are just like, you know, sort of preventing serotonin from being up, like taken up by. So these drugs are bind better than serotonin itself, basically. In theory. Yeah. So, Yeah. So, I mean, basically they're better about binding. So I guess, so I guess, um, so I, I want to go back to your quote, I guess you, you say you disagree with, like, what's the quote that you disagree with? 
so, psychedelics are to the brain as the telescope is to astronomy and the microscope is to biology. Yeah. 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 Why do you disagree with that? Cause I mean, it's just one, it's essentially one chemical, right? Mm, so yeah. I, I mean, your brain is full of different types of neurotransmitters. So I mean, you are, why did psychedelic, is it a really just one chemical? Uh, yeah. Well, well, I mean, okay, okay, but serotonin is one type of neurotransmitter. I mean, I mean, you you are assuming serotonin is the only necessary cause of depression, like the, the lack of it, right? So maybe there's other things that. No, what he's maybe... assuming is psychedelics only act through the mechanisms that serotonin does, right? Mm. Right, right, exactly. So I mean, so if uh, so, the, right, these drugs are binding to serotonin receptors. They are not going to bind to like you know dopamine receptors nor epinephrine receptors. So it's like it's it's an incomplete picture of the brain, right? Mm. And I, I so I mean, I think, and that was that's something like the like obviously the telescope lets you observe. I mean, I guess there are. I mean, there are core. Like, I guess you could argue like, oh, well, that lets you observe like serotonin networks, but you know, the telescope didn't let you observe, like, radiation, right? Like, there need to, to be a different instrument to that. So it's like, I guess, some argument could be made there, but, uh, <laughs> like, telescope... I mean, let you observe, not just, like, low level. You observe your, like, I guess, a lot of you experience, right, of taking a drug, right? Now, you experience different people, and might like, have different experiences, right? Like, right. the trips they were talking about. I mean, I never took one, so I can't really talk about the experiences, but... Right, right. No, I mean, I basically just wanted to like give like, I the, it went longer than I planned for, but uh, you know, basically like okay, depression, anxiety, like basically a lot of people associate it with like like a less serotonin, and mm. you know, I mean, I think that it's it's more complicated than that, and um. Yeah, and as you say, people experience these drugs differently, and that's because people's brains have like you know different, hmm. like different numbers, uh, different like different connections, uh, and like when it comes to these serotonin receptors, so hmm. it's like the I, it's the brain is just like a very individualized place, which is why we're different. Hmm. Um, so uh, you know, so I mean, I think. It, much like SR, SSRIs are very ineffective for some people mm. and um and l like and people respond differently to them over even in overtime i i think when we like when people are like oh like you know psychedelics are like a solution i i guess have caution there right it, it, i mean all of the treatments for like mental illness it's mm. like it's just like very it's precise. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, that's why even the podcast I sent you, I mentioned that is uh, is by Tim Ferriss, right? That Tim Ferriss podcast interviewing Michael Pollan. Right. Uh, by the way, Tim Ferriss is not Tim Ferriss. I would call him the godfather of Junto Club because he's the one that inspired me to kind of dabble into podcast. So anyway, hmm. checking out. So anyway, so I mean, I mean, one of the their main points that yes, they were really uh. In, and I was excited about uh, the promise of psychedelics, but they do caution that, you know, it, of course it's going to be uh, very dangerous, but that's why we need to, to understand it, right? To do more research into it. So that's why Tim Ferriss actually found, got, get, he actually uh, gave a lot of money to like, uh, Johns Hopkins and also like, UCSF on his medical center, tried to do actually 
give them money to conduct actually these psychedelic researches, right? So. Right, right. No, but I, I would say that podcast, though, the caution at the end, like, or their statement at the end that more research is necessary, I think is a good one. But mm-hmm. the podcast as a whole, up until that point, is, like, way overly optimistic. And, mm. I, like, so I mean... What can we, before we dig into any more details, can you give me, like, your, your summary final statement? Because you talked a lot of this, but so do you think psychedelics, like, could be useful as like a better SSRI, like a better replacement for SSRI, or is it just, we just don't know yet? Like where, what do you think is like the summary here? Um, I would say likely we don't know yet. Um, I would Hmm. say there's probably, I mean, granted SSRIs have their own issues. I mean, people, and like I say, like there's like one of the side effects of SSRIs is suicide. And I think that's in part because what I talked about, like, people will start taking them and say, like, I don't feel better. What's going on? And it's like, you know, they sort of, uh, that makes them like, an- like that makes them anxious. Like I'm unfixable. And that leads, I mean, that's a theory about why that leads to suicide and things like that. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think psychedelics definitely have potentially like more, like more, uh, issues that come about because of like or uh, like with respect to confusion and things like that. I mean, we really just don't know how they change your brain. I mean, there are like people who have take take psychedelics and like a year later, there's like notable differences in like cognitive activity and stuff. So, okay. yeah. I was actually gonna yeah, ask they about... improve right now. Look at Steve Jobs. He took <laughs> he do LSD and he began the best. You know, yeah. well, not all of his decision making was great. So yes, you uh, don't get treatment for cancer, but you know, <laughs> I was actually gonna say because I've heard about people being like, oh, you like take LSD once and it changes your outlook on life forever. And I was gonna ask, like, are these actually making permanent changes to the brain, or is it just like, you know, like having a personal epiphany while you're high or whatever so uh, so i mean jake i do want jake to weigh in on what the experience is like but i sort of wanted to save that maybe to the end a little bit but um but we don't need to save it also i mean i, I want to have a quick question are psycho psychedelics legals right now i mean is it like magic mushroom are they legal or no no, no. i i think they're still a class one drug oh like in all states or maybe in some states are legal to be honest i think it's all states still so. But it didn't, but didn't like Oregon like legal or decriminalize everything? Oh yeah, okay, Oregon. Okay, yes, Oregon. And then I think everything. I think the spores, like I think some some states you can grow these in, I think, or something yeah. like that. Like you can grow, like you can't grow them in, in Georgia. I mean, yeah, like yeah. Spores are like illegal or something like that. But you can Georgia, just go... of course, I I would expect it yeah. not to be. But I mean, psychedelic. The one main advantage of psychedelic is not, uh, is not addictive, right? Yeah, or fall. Yeah, they it's say the it has advantage. limited addictive properties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can't I, really, you can't trip too much because then you're just, and then it's almost like a waste, right? Like you need to recover. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you need to recover. You know what I mean? Because then you could be just shot, right? Talk about the serotonin, like you're just shot. Like when you're done, you could feel it the next day. It's not like a, it's not like a, it's not like you're hungover. You're just like yeah. you feel a little zapped. Yeah, I heard that one one story in an experiment. My niece, uh, that Michael Poland talked about is that if you put a like, a rat you know, give you a lever, right? Like one lever give you food and the other lever give you like cocaine. Once like the rat hit the lever on cocaine, it would just keep hitting the cocaine lever and it would just die of starvation. 
Well, as if you have a rat, you know, give it a lever and I food and psychedelic, you know, once the, the, the rat and I hit the lever and I get a psychedelic once, you would never hit it again. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, just to finish off. So I guess on that, on that particular podcast, they talk like, so Matt talked about life changing experiences and they talk a lot about that on the podcast and specific, like specifically with respect to death, right? Yeah. That's their big talk. So people who are afraid of death have reported when they take this psychedelic that basically there's a thing called ego death when you're on the psychedelic that essentially you become one with what's around you. So like if you hear music playing, you're actually, you actually become the music. And part of that is, so I guess there's two purported like big differences in the brain when you take these psychedelics. One is the vision system lights up like a Christmas tree. So you begin to see a lot of different things. Uh, or uh, like visual, visual hallucinations. And one is actually a depression of activity in sort of like what's, what people refer to as like the ego part of your brain. So really what that is, is like your prefrontal cortex and the, like the downstream sim, uh, systems from that. Like, so like your brain, if it's a network, like the prefrontal cortex is going to like draw input from a lot of systems and like feed down to a lot of systems. And the prefrontal cortex has been associated with things like decision-making, uh, like morality. So it's, uh, it's drawing input from a lot of perceptual systems and it's combi- essentially like combining that information with uh, like areas of the brain associated with like memories and emotion. So it's like an integrative part of you. Or like at a high, I guess at a high level, that's how it's understood as sort of like it's integrating a, di- a lot of different pieces. So because like uh, these different psychedelics bind to like and like nodes or nodes neurons that are uh, more like antagonistic or like um, like responsible for regulating activity um, in that particular region, it'll depress activity in that region. So there's like less combining going on. So that's like, so they call it like ego death because essentially like that, like you don't necessarily like have Dude, that. Do y'all still hear Mike? It's silent for me. Mike. Oh, can you not You're hear back. me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you um, went silent for a few seconds. Anyway, that's, that, yeah, that's, I, I think you were talking about the cancer patients, right? Is that what mm-hmm. you were talking about? They did a study on the cancer patients, treatment for cancer patients, right? Right. Well, I mean, it's been done. It, just people generally, I feel, because they talked about yeah. one specific study with cancer patients. But I mean, I yeah, think yeah. So then, that study basically what they did is that you know, when the cancer patient when they got a diagnosis, they're gonna die, right? So they got really worried and became depressed, and they started now using this uh, psychedelic actually, actually like decrease their like depression level, like anxiety, like much, uh, uh, uh very, 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 very well. It actually like almost like has lasting effects as well. So yeah. So it's almost like they they see death very, very differently now after they done that, basically. So yeah. Right. So I so I guess I, I don't know if this part could dropped out, but it's a network that's associated with like identity because mm-hmm. it is essentially integrating a lot of information about your like history and like memories and emotion 
and like your different perception now. So if you depress activity in that area, you sort of lose your like, or they say you sort of lose yourself because it's like you don't have that integration happening of like yeah. all that. So uh, you go ahead. Yeah. Well. I, well. I mean, basically. Uh, I mean, I guess like we're. I assume we're mostly in agreement that like, uh, I guess what makes us us, so like our consciousness is sort of an emergent property of like many different systems coming, like, you know, vision and memory yeah. and like all these different systems coming together. So I would like as much as like this ego death thing, like I think to experience it would be interesting. I mean, I feel like in a way, like, it's just, I mean, it's essentially sort of like what we've seen with, like, brain injuries in the past, sort of. I mean, like, when people used to, uh, or, you know, like, people were, uh, you know, uh, what's this, Phineas Gage had, like, a, um, you know, a rod go through his head and his prefrontal cortex text was, like, essentially lopped off. I mean, we've seen sort of situations where, like, like, you know, the self part of the brain or this egocentric part of the brain is fundamentally altered. And, you know, is that like, I mean, yes, you you are different, but that's because like your brain is literally like physically different. So I don't yeah. necessarily like see this as like, I don't know, like changing anyone or I like, well, I mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, so, I mean, how would you change yourself? Right. I mean, you, a lot of time we, we are changed by our experiences, right? Something happened to us. That could be a trauma, right? Or could be, it doesn't have to be like, uh, like a brain damage, like something, you know, cut off a chunk of your brain to change you, right? So most of the time we are changed, like just talking about our opinions, right? We opinion like political issues, we are changed by our emotions, right? Sometimes there's something experienced that happened to you. Maybe there's a, someone, you know, you got, you got robbed in a gunpoint or something, right? Or you have something that happens to you, right? Experience that you really experience that, that really changed your mind, how you think, right? So I think one point, and it's from what I get from uh, psychedelics, what it does, it actually create experience, right? In your mind that actually, that you see things kind of differently. I think one example that they gave, like Michael Pollan gave, is that like, for smokers, yeah, psychedelic can be uh, used to treat addictions as well. So one thing he mentioned about, he talked about like, smokers, right? So smokers, when they took like, these psychedelics, they actually, after they took it, they have experienced something that see things differently. And then they feel like, oh, and smoking is really stupid. But I mean, they know this before, right? Smokers, they know, and they get all these messages of smoking, smoking is really bad for you. It's going to kill you. Like, gonna, you know, make you breath, you know, I mean, give you lung cancer, right? They, they I mean, uh, I guess rationally, they understand, they know that, and they understand it, but they just never, somehow, they just never uh, re receive it uh, somehow. But after they took night psychedelics, they have a, when they have that experience, they see something that actually causes them to see that message completely different. And I say, oh, yeah, after they took it, they realized, oh, this is really, really stupid thing to kill myself by, you know, giving myself lung cancer. So, so it's, yeah, just like that, that, that to me is like very quite interesting. Like, I feel like there's something, it gives you some, so basically like we, our mind are kind of changed by experiences, right? And then psychedelic is almost like, it's a way to create your experience. Maybe you can visualize it in your brain, but you don't really, 
uh, experience maybe in reality, but you, you almost like create an experience in your mind that can do a lot of stuff for you. Like change your mind. Of course, it could do bad things as well, right? So yeah, right. No, I mean it's true. I mean we're shaped by our experiences, but I guess like I I guess I struggle because a lot of people talk about this in a spiritual way, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like I mean the visual hallucinations are just caused by the chemical. I mean, the introduction of the chemical. So it's like, I mean, I think it's it's interesting from the perspective of like deep neural networks will sometimes have like, you know, psychedelic like images that like are produced from them. Like if you look at like slices of deep neural networks, like and like what they learn to pick out. So it's like when you're on psychedelics and you start seeing like faces and things around you or something like that that is literally just like the chemical causing like neurons that are like associated with like finding faces to like fire. I mean, so it's like, I mean, it's interesting from that perspective, but, um, but I guess like the, the spiritual nature of the images, like, and how people talk about that, like I sort of get like a little bit thrown off by, but what you're talking about there with the smokers, I think is interesting because it's like when people say they become one with music or one with, something around them i mean i can certainly appreciate how that would change you and like you know like i'm seeing the world for the first time or like i'm seeing the world in a different way or i'm hearing the world in a different way because it's sort of like you're experiencing like audio and visual and like different elements of what's around you in a way like unencumbered by your history right so previously like um, you know, a smoker would be like, you know, like, like they would, I guess, like you could see evidence that smoking is bad for you, but you're constantly like, but that's always being filtered through your memories of like smoking and like the, like the, like the joy it gave you or the relaxation it gave you or whatever it gave you in the past. So now this is more seeing like, you may be seeing the world around you without like the past connected, like, or the past, like, I guess, inhibiting you from like appreciating what that means. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So I, I mean, I think that that's like, I, I can appreciate how it like gives you an experience, like experiences without sort of that, you know, that bias of the past or some or, like that bias of, you know, the different senses and history being merged. So are you are you a skeptic of psychedelics? I mean, I just uh, what it comes down to is I I'm a skeptic of anything that people claim is like a great cure for I what are complex disorders and all it is is like uh well, ke- like a like a very just like cure all type chemical like because I mean SSRIs don't work that well and it's and it's part of it is because we're just like serotonin's an issue in a condition we don't understand really at all but we're gonna just like try something and it's gonna work reasonably well for some people not at all for some people and some people just kill themselves and Mm -hmm. i mean i think like like i think psychedelics um are probably like uh, psychedelics are uh, like there's a little bit of randomness there so i i like it's just it's serotonin but it binds like with some efficiency to receptors and it's like, we don't really know what it's going to do, but you know, I, so I, I just get, I, I I'm until the research is done. Like I'm just, yes, I'm a skeptic because I, right. I don't think they're going to work well for everyone 
at it, like who have different types of depression and all types of stuff. Enough yeah, I of think... this nerd shit. Okay, yeah. let's bring in the real expert, Jake here. Yeah, Jake. no, I mean that's yeah. <laughs> I want to know first: Have you experienced ego death? I find I mean, that an interesting idea. I mean, in the aspect of, if you know, I, I, you know, I never really heard of it much until like fairly recently. You know, and I mean, like even doing like this kind of stuff when I was younger, never really heard of something called ego death. But in terms of like when you're like, if someone's describing like you become it, you feel it. Like, yeah, you know, cat. Okay, have I like? been tripping and like listening to some awesome pink floyd or something like that and you're hearing like david gilmore soloing and you're like yeah that's like hitting me in my soul man like yeah you feel that right but am i coming out of it am i changed to such like such a degree i mean the aspect maybe it it makes you just more like appreciative maybe you know but am i like i guess i've always just known what it is like i can't I can't trick myself. Like, I'm like, I am just taking a drug. I know what it's doing to me. It's altering me for this length of time. I'm going to be feeling this way for this length of time, all because it's what is happening is this is creating, the drug is creating it and the things are filtering it. It's all coming through that. And then it fades, it's done. And then like, I'm here, right? And I guess what I would take away from it that could maybe change your ego in a way is I guess I I say appreciation, right? Because if it's like, like what Michael was saying that you, you can forget like your past. You're not thinking about it, but you can. I mean, that's why when people have bad trips, it depends on how you are going into it. Right. If, if you're like, I am having a shit day, I'm just thinking negative, negative, negative in my mind. And you take this, you could have a bad trip because then you're thinking, then that's when the anxiety could be worse. Right. Cause then you're like, and then you're, you're not in control of your body. Your mind's altered. You know, you're freaking out. You want to get off the ride, but you can't, you know, you can't, sober up after you take these things hmm. you know what i mean like you just have to let them pass i mean i i mean maybe you could i guess like like if you take ssris like if you're on like those antidepressants like you can't trip like if you could take if you take a shitload of acid while you're on those like you would have to take like 10 hits for like one hit of an effect on you if hmm. you weren't on those because it messes with the receptors right so um but in terms of ego death i mean i don't know i mean i take it when people talk about the spirituality stuff i mean i think you know it's what you make of it. Right. You know, so some people, if they sit here and they take it and they want to get like, I want to be in a dark room and I just want to like feel it. And they want to get a little hippy dippy with it. Like, and you know, if they feel good from that, that's then cool. Like me, I'm, I'm a little, I was always more recreational. I mean, I guess when I was younger and I did it, it was like cool to like experiment. And you're like, yeah, let's like free your mind and get in there and you watch cool shit and you look at stuff and the lights or whatever it is, you know, you put on like wizard, you put on what, uh, not the wizard, the wizard of Oz where it's like the pink Floyd that like mashes up with uh dark side of the moon or whatever like that dark side of Oz, I think is what it's called. You know, you watch that and you're like, Oh man, or you could just, you know, get in your head or whatever. But for me, I have always just been like, I know what I'm doing. It's a drug. I'm having fun. I just want to like let loose, get altered. Like if it changes me, it changes me in the aspect of more just like the experiences. Right. And that, and to me, taking that drug is its own experience and what you deal with. And then depending on what you do with it, you know, sometimes you could take it and you're like, I've got, I've taken that. I'm at festivals, right. I'm at a music festival and you're watching this band live. And so it intensifies that experience. So that's an experience, right? You just got to appreciate there's nothing else. It's just you and the music. You're feeling it. It's awesome. So what you come out of it, I guess, could change you, right? You can go, man, I, I appreciate life a little bit more, right? Because I guess it was in that moment. But maybe not. I mean, I think it depends on the person, honestly. I think that's why more research needs in terms of like, do I think this is an answer? I don't know. 
I think, more, you know, I mean, I still deal with like my depression and anxiety and stuff and I've done this stuff and it hasn't cured me, mm. you know? So, I mean, but I also, but I also think that those things like depression, anxiety, you never really cure. I think they're just always there. I just think you yeah. just get better at like dealing with it, mm. you know, per se, just to put it very simply, but I just think it's like, it's like demons, right? Like if we all have our demons and maybe you can't get rid of your demons, but you can like learn to live with them and like manage them. So they don't always, and that's when you have like, yeah, you're always going to have bad days and good days. But you try to have those fewer and far apart, right? You know, unless like unless like something happens in that day, like I got in a car accident or something bad or whatever, you know. But in terms of like so, the clinical depression, I guess you want those fewer farther apart where you're like those dips. The you know. Anyway, what are you gonna say, Shu? Yeah. I was gonna say now how how did it did it change you in any way? Like you say, I think you say more appreciative. Is that? Well, I guess how, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that would make me I guess if I said it had to change me in some aspect, then yeah, sure. Yeah, like that's probably what it did was just sort of like appreciate things just in all ways, right? And you can appreciate like you can start off weird, right? You're like, I appreciate the drug in a way, right? Because it's something that like can it does. I mean, like, depending on how much you take, you're definitely like I'm you're tripping, right? You're like not it's not like you're not you. I mean, I've always felt in control. I've never had a bad trip. You know, I've, I've, I've had intense trips, but I've never been like freaking out, you know, where I'm like, oh my God, you know, I mean, I, you can be like, you know, like definitely, you know, you feel it in your teeth a little bit, like in terms of physical effects, like you definitely feel that euphoria feeling, you could feel it in your body, you know, and it depends what you're doing acid, you know, LSD and mushrooms and stuff like that. They're different feelings, right? Mm. Uh, LSD is going to be a little bit more up for me, like it's a little bit more of a stimulant. Like you're going to feel like I want to do something right. You're like, I'm on LSD. Like if, if you want to like, you want to be, you always want to probably do something anyway on psychedelics. Like you just don't want to like chill. Some people are like, I got to get out. Like when you're on mushrooms, some people like to be out in nature, go on a hike. If you're on a hike, take some mushrooms, like you're outside. Usually you're going to be good. Right. If you get in public, maybe that freaks people out. Right. Like I've gone to bars, a busy, I've gone to joystick before, on like just tripping out on acid and I like drank and I just was like, I was oh, fine, yeah. but I could deal with that. Right. I can be like at festivals and people around and I could just be in control and be okay. And even though I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling good. I, you know, you're just like, yeah, you have like a smile. Like for me, like when you're on acid, you're like, I'm smiling. You're just like, I'm having a good time. This feels good. Shrooms are a little different shrooms. Yeah. I, I can feel the same way, but shrooms are a little bit sleepier. Like when you take them, you'll like yawn a lot. You're like, Ugh, you're like yawning, but you're not tired. You're just like, I'm yawning like a motherfucker, but I'm not tired, you know? And so, but it's a little bit of a, I, I call it like a sleepy feeling. Right. So yeah. sometimes I've, I've known people have worse trips on shrooms than LSD. I've never really, the, the people that I've done it with, like no one's ever really had a bad trip on LSD, but I've known people that have had like hard trips on mushrooms because mushrooms is sort of like, a, it, it's, it can get a little darker, right? Like that's yeah. why I think they study this a little bit more so, uh, maybe because it's a, a little more natural, right? I mean, you can find this. I mean, I remember back in high school going and picking these with my friends at like horse high pastures. School. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I go way back with it. I know it's terrible. Um <laughs> Taking the mushrooms from the random horse pasture. That's brave. Dude, it was. So my buddy and I, we would drive. And like, so we lived also, we lived in an area where there's like polo players and stuff. So like we had like, there was people with horse pastures. And then even you go to this other area and the people would have like cow farms or just whatever, just like, you know, the cow. So you, this thing grows in like shit or just, you know, 
yeah, essentially can grow in shit. So yeah, we would go in and we would like drive at night and one of us would get out and drive the car down and we'd go in and like have a flashlight and go hunt through shit and find some shrooms. And sometimes people would come out and be like, who the hell's out there? And they're seeing the flashlight and we'd like get out and run. We're like, hurry, man, hurry. And Wait, what do you there. mean by you find some shrooms? Like, is it like growing in a garden somewhere? <laughs> I mean, shrooms, I mean, they grow naturally, you know? I mean, here in Georgia... Oh. When it rains, right, like you can go to certain places. Like if you went out to like the woods, like if you know what you're looking for, if you know what it looks like, you know, and you know what it is, you can find it naturally. It's very possible, you know. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. I had no idea. All yeah. right. Yeah. That's why people like to get the spores and stuff like that. And you can grow it yourself at home. I mean, you could really just grow, you know, people grow like just oyster mushrooms, mushrooms, right? And like lion's mane. And they grow like just like gourmet type mushrooms. Yeah. Essentially, like the psilocybin kind is no different, right? You know, they all fungus grows in the same way. So you can grow it yourself or you can find it out in nature. Yeah. LSD is a different story, right? That's made in the lab and like, you know. So what, what, why do you call it trip night? because essentially like it's it, because LSD, when you take it, it's going to be about like 12 hours, like 10 to 12 hours. Like it's, it's like all day, right? Like you're, if you take LSD at like seven o'clock at night, like you're not going to sleep. You're just not going to sleep. You're staying up till like till seven in the morning, probably. And then you'll be like, I'm tired. and let me go to bed. Mushrooms will last about like six to eight hours. Sort of if you eat them whole, if you're like, here's a mushroom and I'm going to eat it, but you can grind it up and make it like a tea or you can make it like a powder or whatever. Uh, and just, if you do it that way, it'll hit you harder. It'll hit you faster, uh, but it won't last as long. It'll probably like, you'll probably trip pretty hard for like a couple hours, a couple or a few hours, depending on how much you take. Uh, and so I guess it's why it's called a trip is that you just kind of, it is like it alters you, right? So, you know, and I guess depending on how much you let your mind go with it, think of like hypnotism, right? You know, like, do you believe in it or do people just, it's the power of suggestion almost, you know? So it's like, here's this drug that's like, come on in. And, you, and if you go with it, then some people can like, almost embellish it a little bit right but but if you fight it too much then maybe you're not enjoying it too much and then that's maybe we could freak out so it's like a balance of like know that you're just it's all not real right but like you know if you're out in nature and you're hallucinating here's what you can appreciate i'm out in nature this is neat i never noticed this stuff i never had a feeling it's a little hippy dippy it really kind of is but there's something to be said about it i mean to me honestly if it's hippy dippy it's kind of like if it's almost like you're fooling yourself, let's say, but if it changes you to appreciate and be a better person for yourself and to others, then I'm all for it, honestly. You know, yeah. and, and to me, that's 100% positive. Do you think, the, uh, what do you think about the smoker case we talked about earlier? When I, the smoker, once they took it and they see, the, they understood the message a little bit completely different. What do you I, think about that? I think that's on to something for sure. I think it's po- it's possible that maybe they've like, like, uh, did it in the, in the taste right because it's sort of like when you're hallucinating too like you know your senses change it's like some things can become more intense or less whatever it's just so maybe you're like that smoking's gross and yeah you could think about it right so for here's a weird funny example i went on a bachelor party with some buddies up at the poconos in the mountains and stuff and so one dude brought some lsd and so we took them and stuff and we're all tripping and anyway like later on and you also you don't really want to eat too so here's some physical effects when you take stuff you don't really want to eat. You're not hungry. Like, you, you know, shrooms can make your stomach. They can both make your stomach feel a little wonky a little bit. Mushrooms will mostly because you're ingesting this, like you're kind of poisoning yourself, right? LSD is like droplets are on a tab and you are like, and you're going to put it under your tongue, but you're going to kind of feel a little bit in your gut, but nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why if they, you know, it's, you can like smoke some weed with it. Right. And that'll like sell your gut. But uh, um, 
I, so anyway, we went to eat later on at, towards like the end of our trip and the dude took a bite of the burger and eventually he just like, he puked. And, and we were all like, we know what it is. And it's because he probably got in his head about the burger and thinking of like the meat, think of like the cow being murdered and killed and grinding up and the blood and the guts. And maybe it's like not clean. And you yeah. kind of like hyper focus on this like imaginative shit. And uh-huh. then you, and then he like got sick from it. He psyched himself out from it and he puked and, uh-huh. and, and didn't, couldn't finish one. I mean, I'm like, this is this. even it's like not that enjoyable because it's a different like it's one thing if you're like, man, I'm really stoned from smoking a lot of marijuana. You're going to be like that burger is the bomb. But if you're like, I'm high on acid, like this means nothing, you know, like that I can eat that burger and it doesn't even really it's just kind of whatever. So um, he, did he become a vegetarian afterwards. I don't know. I don't, he probably didn't, but you know, cause he was probably like fine realizing like, Oh yeah, I just got freaked out, man. No big uh, deal. You know, but I think with the smokers, it's a bigger deal, right? Like that's yeah. hurting your health. It's gross. Mm-hmm. And so I think they probably like think of it that way. Right. They analyze, they finally see all the shit. And like what Michael had said, like yeah. maybe they're repressing what makes them want to smoke. Right. Like you're like, I'm stressed. You only smoke this or that. So like it just suppresses those things and you're thinking you're just thinking differently than you normally do. So that's the trip, right? The trip is like a different you almost. Yeah. You know, and why people probably freak out or they worry never wanting to take it, which I'm going to ask you guys if you would ever take it. But I'll, before you answer that um, or try these things, just because they feel like that it's going to permanently change them. And I fully disagree with that. I think it's not going to permanently change you. It's not going to be some like drastic thing. You're not going to be not shoe anymore. If you didn't, if yeah. you took some acid, right. You're probably just going to be like, damn, that was crazy. It was int- in fact, I'm always interested with you guys taking it because being like doctors and like about science and stuff, it would be interesting to see your take because you would be taking it differently. Like would it really yeah. work that well? Maybe, maybe you're worried you take a hit and you're like, I didn't really, yeah, I, I kind of feel you for, like okay like i feel i just feel like kind of drunk but like in a really good mood you know like it might not be anything to you right or maybe if you took more who knows so i'm always curious about like certain people people who were like i don't like to do drugs oh i think you're the best people to try it because like (laughs) because it's a different take on it for people who are like yeah fuck fuck me up you know yeah go for it yeah personally advocating for corruption here yeah, exactly. Well, because it's because it's one time, right? Like you took LSD and you're tripping you can out. Find the- these mushrooms in the wild. Just go out and take them. If you've never done drugs, you're the perfect person to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, I yeah. think. What, well, what J- I rambled too much earlier, but I, I think Jake captured nicely what the basic idea of all of this is, right? Like these drugs are heightening your senses in the moment, right? So that's what it would when your senses, like you said, get intensified. Right. The areas of your brain that are sensing things are heightened and the history like the you is essentially what or your history is suppressed. Right. So, I mean, it's just allowing you to experience things like more acutely, which I think if you have the like a hippy dippy mindset can change you. Right. Like if you if you you experience like, oh, I've never experienced a song in that way or like I've never seen the like or heard the world in that way. Like, I think people can get the impression like, oh, that like, you know, I there can be a me in the world that isn't me. And that is almost like religious for some people. Whereas like, I think if you're of the mindset, like, we're just like, comp- like different systems coming together to make our consciousness, then that's just like, oh, like the system that combined, like, and has history enter in was just offline, essentially, right? I, I, yeah. And I think also the experience can sort of like humble you in a way, right? Because it's something like, 
when you, when you think like your everyday life, you're not really like your mind's not getting altered. So you're thinking like, how could this thing, even if it's like LSD, you're like, look at this little tab right here. How can this tiny little thing like change me? So maybe like the humble, the humbleness, like, yeah. And like you said, if you get, if you, if you buy into it, right. If you want, if you want to, if you want to have it do something deeper, it'll right. do something deeper. Right, right. No, I mean, and I think that like the smoking examples is, is a good one. Like you said, like you said, like they may have tasted like your mouth may have tasted like shit. Like they may have tasted like the cigarette, like they haven't before, you know, cause they weren't exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that like, it's, it's like you perceive things purely in the moment. So. Right. So, so Maya, are you going to take it as a, uh, as a Jake's question for you? I mean, I just, so uh, again, what's your thoughts on drugs, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've obviously like done zero, so I I, like, I'm pretty boring, but, uh, uh, and I mean, the, uh, I mean, I guess like, I mean, I think some of these experiences are interesting. My greatest concern is the potential confusion. Like, so Mm -hmm. I, I mean, like, it's very hard to OD on these, like, as we talked about a little bit. Uh, cause they just like, I mean, ODing often it's like drugs you can OD on, like most directly influence like systems that control things like heart and respiration and things like that. So these drugs don't have as direct an influence. So it's hard to like give yourself a heart attack or something. But if you take a lot of these drugs, you are gonna like get to like essentially can have yourself be in a place where you're so confused. You can very easily kill yourself. So. And it's- then that's why that's why I mean when they talk about these like for therapy for depression you actually have a, a professional guy. like medical trained like therapies right there next to you right you need you need so you can be safe right 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 exactly they guide you basically they guide you and they talk to you I think I, I'm not sure they what they do I think they probably talk to you and they guide you through your experience right sure. No, and I, and I mean, with a guide, I would be more open. A guide that isn't Jake. Um, <laughs> Listen, I'd be fine with you, but wow. I'd be doing it as well. Yeah, so <laughs> trust there. Which I'd be fine. I've done it by myself. It's not a big deal. Yeah, and, you, and you're not going to, and you wouldn't even be taking so so mild that like you would be in any danger anyway. Yeah, you know. I mean, I mean that's you, like, that's like a heroic dose, huh? Yeah. What's your thoughts on microdosing? I think microdose is cool. You know, I never tried it, honestly. I've never tried doing that, you know, because I'm kind of of the mindset that's like, go big or go home, right? You know, like, like, because I, I, I feel like it wouldn't do anything for me. Like, I would probably be like, what's hat? Like, what, what am I trying to feel? What am I expected to feel? You know, I mean, huh? microdosing is less, I think microdosing is less about the effect and right. uh, more about like, long term drugs stuff. right these drugs have more of like a neurogenerative like type of property so like they actually like help like they facilitate the growth of certain like connections of the brain and that's only going to happen over time so i think that's more what microdosing is about because i mean things like depression like in the hippocampus like you often don't have like or people with depression or tendencies toward depression, the hippocampus won't have as like dense connections or as many connections or as much brain matter. So uh, these drugs like can help with that over time. So I think that's more what microdosing is targeting. Okay. Yeah. Going, I was going to ask like Jake again, like, you say go big or go home. I mean, go big or go home. So what's the biggest trip that you ever had? <laughs> In terms of like the amount? I mean, well, okay. no, no, I guess your most ex- intense trip i guess my experience my most intense trip i mean it's hard to say honestly because it's sort of like you know 
kind of like once you get to a certain point, you know, I mean, until like, I mean, yeah, you can really increase it. And then you're like, probably, you know what, you're gonna take like a, you know, 20 hits of acid or something like that, because you can't, because that's where with LSD, you can, I mean, if you took like a thousand hits, I think you would die because it would mess with the serotonin would like mess with something. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, that's where I think you can overdose on that, but that's why it's hard to, because like, who's going to, you're never going to need to take that much. Yeah. You know, um, but I'm I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I remember a couple of times that like my buddy's like, you know, his like farm area or whatever he had or some some sort of like cool outdoor, like he had a bunch of acres. His parents had like something and there's like his acres or something. And and that was pretty fun because you're out in nature and stuff. And uh, I mean, concerts always fun, like going to festivals. Um Well, did you ever see anything? Like, oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, well, what I mean, do you experience of, in your mind? I mean, in terms of like, yes. Okay. Like. Uh, actually, I'll tell you what probably is more intense than these things is more is what salvia was. If you remember what salvia was, um, but what? salvia, so, so salvia was uh, it's illegal now, but it was a legal like sort of like I don't know, it's almost like a tobacco thing. It's like a leafy stuff, right? Mm. And uh, it was legal like I don't know, like a decade ago, more than that, whatever. It came out like I'd say like two thousand sometime, and you could find it at head shops. And so it was a legal thing, you know, sort of how like synthetic weed was, right? Like synthetic weed was a real thing, like spice. And, but people were dying, you were getting seizures from that because it's terrible to do. So, uh, sativa, not sativa, what did I say? Not saliva. What's it called? I forgot the word. Salvia. Salvia. I always mess it up. Anyway, so salvia, uh, is really intense. Okay. So salvia is another, was a hallucinogenic thing, but it was really intense. And you only tripped out for like 10, like five, 10 minutes but it was really intense and it was probably more intense than like acid is and like LSD and, and mushrooms. Right. I mean, you take a lot of those like LSD, you're not really like, it's not like there's the dragon. I mean, you're going to maybe see, like, if you look at clouds, like you're going to see the waves, you're going to see it move. You can see shapes and stuff. If you look at like an Oriental rug while you're like hallucinating on shrooms or acid, like you're going to see, like you can maybe see it like sort of like weird. You could, you'll, if you look at like grass, like when I was out in the woods, right. When I was like kind of tripping, I was kind of like out in the woods a little bit and you're like, is there like a fucking, you know, you're like, is there a, a mountain? lying around and you can kind of like perceive it but you're not like i physically see it sometimes like it's not really like that you know but uh uh i would say like moments like that where i'm just sort of like uh you think something's there but it's not i guess you know but uh you so know. when you when you say when you, when you say you have the most intense trip night what do you mean by intensity like what's the what do you mean by i guess what what does intensity mean in that case like when you say you have the silver or something like like okay the intensity would be something like um it's just like the euphoric feeling of your body right it's a very mm-hmm. much like your body what your body is feeling you know and like uh do you know our body experiencing a way now you're observing yourself seeing yourself yeah it's a third I mean, you kind of can right i mean like that's kind of like a thing you know you can kind of like get outside of that like you you know uh it just depends on what you like want to let your mind like get control of you know uh, i mean if you it, it's a very weird thing i guess at least how i describe it from my experiences that because I, I guess i've never i've like let go but i guess there's always like a tiny tether there to like know that i'm like not fully and that's just because i can't i know it's gonna pass you know, like, you know, you're going to eventually come down off this trip. It just sometimes doesn't feel that way, you know, especially LSD because it's like all day and 12 hours. So the intensity is like, you know, maybe like the lights are a little bit like more intense and like you're seeing waves and stuff. You know, when you, you, you see like a delay, you like move your hand and it's like, mm. like, a, like it keeps going almost it's like, you know, um, now in terms of the uh, salvia, 
uh, taking that, I remember one time seeing my buddy across the way, and and when I looked at him, like it it looked like almost like you know in the Wizard of Oz, and you see like the big head at the end, and like the flames leading down the hallway, like that's what he looked like to me when I was doing that. I was like, oh my god, and you really feel like out of body. I remember one time taking it and telling my buddy, uh, he he told me afterwards, and I kind of remember it. He's like, you kept talking about your kids, and you felt like, I was, and I was like, yeah, I felt like I was on a roller coaster, and I and I felt like I had kids, and I was like, my kids. My kids and I was on a roller coaster and then it's done. But now Salvia White's terrible is that you just sweat. You It's almost like you feel every nerve in your body. You know, like your body, like you don't feel your shirt because it just, you know, shuts down. But like this is almost like everything and you're sweating and you want to take off your clothes and like you're drooling a little bit and you're just in it's, it's Salvia is crazy. That's why they made it illegal, I think now, because <laughs> because like you can get it and like, you know, I remember one time. Yeah, yeah. So that's that was that was probably more intense than like the mushrooms or LSD. Those are intense, but there's just like, it's a different type. It, it's more, it's a difference between like, um, like a lawn burn versus like something that's like, boom, right? The salvia is like a, a shotgun to your face of like psychedelicness, where like LSD and mushrooms is more of like, here, it's going to take about an hour to kick in. And then it's like a, a constant crescendo. And then you peak. And that's when you're like, holy shit. And you're, you're peaking for a while. And then you come down, you know, and that's how it's like always is. So the peak is the intense part. And that's just like, you're feeling good. You know, your mood is probably up. You're feeling your body. You're like, oh my God, like things feel good. Like when ecstasy, right, is very much like you touch, like if I saw your tie and your tie looked weird, I'd be like, I want to touch that pattern, you know, and you feel really good on ecstasy. You're like, oh my God. Um, And same with like LSD and like mushrooms a little bit. You're like, oh man, I feel good, you know, and like, and whatever I'm experiencing, the stimuli is like, and just more, it's just doubled. So if you're watching a concert, you're watching a movie and then you can be watching a movie and you're like, I'm just watching Shawshank Redemption. And you could be like, and maybe someone's like starting to, you're like starting to cry from it. And you're like, what? You're like, I just feel for this guy. You're like more into it, right? You're like uh, buying into this, like, you're, it's like your mind is like, let's play the ultimate pretend. You alter everything. Like, and, and what you're watching is like, you embody that. You are, you know, in Shawshank and you feel it. And so you're like, my God. Where normally if you watch it, you'd be like, oh man, that's an emotional movie. I can feel it. But you're not like, you just know it's a movie. Where if you're tripping, you might like, it like tricks you that it's not almost, you know, like it's mm. real. It's a little bit more real than, yeah. than it really is. Anyway, I'm blabbling on, but no, you're good. So, man, are you convinced? Are you gonna take it? I'm trying. So, I think we should do. I think we should have a podcast where Mike takes it at the very beginning, and we just sort of document, you know, his thoughts and experiences over the course of it. <laughs> It have to be a long enough podcast to like get in there, right? It'll well, be, be like a three-hour ordeal, right? A oh. special edition. <laughs> be like some thirty-year-old PhD, first time like doing any drugs. Get like a two hits of LSD and just go. Yeah. Now, would you guys? But would you guys take it? Would you ever try it? So, Matt, would you ever try it? I'm not a hundred percent against it, but probably not. I, would, I don't know. I guess I would need a context that really made me want to do. What would make you, what, what makes you worried about taking it? Like what, what, what holds you back from it? It's, I think it's less about worry and just about, I don't know. I guess it's like not generally those are, it's not things I want to do. It just never really had a desire. So like when people, I mean, we, when, you, when people talk about like mind altering experiences and stuff, I'm always just like, I don't know. My first reaction is like, is that doesn't even sound that like enjoyable or fun, but yeah. Yeah. No, no you're pretty happy with your own mind already. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with like I, I don't know. I always feel like there's more stuff I want to do 
normally that I enjoy that I don't never have enough time to. Yeah. So my, I guess kind of my perspective is always like, I'd rather just be doing something else rather than just like taking a drug. But I don't know. It could be an interesting experience at some point. I'm not going like, to. I would say like Matt is probably the most contented person I ever met. I ever know. <laughs> like really also like really comfortable with himself. Like not really depressed or anything. Like really just like, just like very secret, content Matt? and comfortable. I just like very confident as well. So I just. Share the wealth, Matt. Share the wealth, Matt. Come yeah, on. I know. You know how, like, give, give us some of that, right? How did you? Right, how did, how, yeah, I, I always want to ask Matt that question. How did you get that, I guess? Uh, I don't know. I feel like, I guess, first of all, thanks for the compliment. Makes me feel good. Uh, but I, no, I don't no childhood trauma. No childhood trauma. No, no childhood trauma. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I guess, yeah, Mike, do you agree with my assessment with Matt? No, no, I feel like Matt is pretty good, like pretty well-reasoned when it comes to like, you know, like, I mean, I don't think he has like any unreasonable anxieties or depressions that I've like seen, so. Yeah. All right, so I don't know Jake as well, but like, I feel like Mike's as confident and comfortable as I am. Is he not? (laughs) I'm a good actor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, what, what do you mean? Or am I... I the better actor? Oh, oh, see, I mean, we all have several. We all have different faces, right? That, that's right. No, that's one hundred percent. Because I mean, all of this—that's like because the attraction of this drug to me, or these types of drugs to me, is uh, like I just like I very like I'm very skeptical and push back on like they're going to change me long term. But like the attractiveness of the drug in the moment is absolutely the immersion in the moment, right? Like, I mean, that's like, that is something I absolutely struggle with. And that's because, you know, I mean, I have a reasoning part of my brain. So it's like, if you could shut that off temporarily, yeah. Like it's, it it would be nice to be more immersed in different things. But I I guess it's like people who are, changed by that just have sort of a different mindset than i do because they're they're like oh like in a way they're i guess better able to be like oh that wasn't that immersion experience good like good and they're like better able to do it when the drug is i guess off or whatever you know when the drug is no longer in the system right Mm -hmm. so i don't know that it would change me because i don't know how good i would be about turning like yeah, like I know why that part of my brain was turned off. And like, I guess you could say like, oh, well, if you have a good experience with that, it makes you strive to do that, right? Mm. So, I mean, it depends, on, it, it depends on how you go in that. And the way I look at it, that's why I, look, I think of it more recreationally, right? Like yeah. if you're like, hey, I feel, I want to get drunk tonight, right? It's almost like that. Like yeah. you want to get drunk. If you have an idea of, you know, now that's a different feeling, obviously. And like, you know, but if you treat it that way, almost, it might be more, it's not going to necessarily, if you don't go in and be like, I want to change me for the future, right? I want to better me here. I mean, right, right. I just, if you went in and just be like, Hey, I want to like experience things tonight, like as they are without my, you know, biases or like with less biases coming in. Right. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So if that was what you wanted to tell yourself, because frankly, I mean, you, it's kind of, however you, I don't know. Want right. to be in the world? That's what's weird. That's what's interesting about it, right? I mean, like you know. Right. Well, no. I think that's my like my biggest issue is like my poor ability to live in certain moments. So I mm. think that's that would be an interesting aspect of taking something like this. So why like though? A good reason are you? To me, Mike. you yes. Go ahead, Matt. I was just saying. Sounds like you got a good reason to try it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So were you like you say were you because you're worried about keep worry about something else that in your mind that like and anxious about something else that prevent you from being in the moment? Right. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. like I mean I think basically like in any moment I can very like I mean the right anxiety depression like you're yeah. attending to negative stimuli like or you're prone to attend to negative stimuli rather than. Mm. Like just being immersed. So. Yeah, sounds like you, as Messi, you are very. Sounds like this might help you a lot. Just as uh, yes. what I say before, I think meditation a lot. I think one thing that I think Michael Pollan mentioned a lot is like almost like meditation is a way for you to get to get to a state like that, right? But psychedelic is doing the same thing, except psychedelic you're doing it much faster. Whereas meditation, you got to take a have got to take years or something, right? Yeah. So. Oh, well, I mean, I guess that's fair because they talk about like meditation is like fully clearing your mind, right? So this is this right. is, and what they mean by that is presumably clearing your mind of the that like, uh I guess I'm losing the word here, but like the voice in your head, the regulation, right? Like, so yeah. this part of your brain is very much associated with regulating behavior. So you're cutting off like regulation to a degree and just experiencing. So, yeah, I mean, because all the chemicals, all the medicine are in your brain, right? Your brain can generate all these chemicals by itself, but it's just like you can't. It's hard for for you to do it yourself, right? Right. Well, well, yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, so well. I mean, yeah. In theory, so I mean, you, the chemical like LSD is not present in your brain, right? It's m- mimicking something like serotonin like it has chemical properties that lets it act like serotonin but it isn't like equivalent to what's in your brain Mm -hmm. i feel like the equivalent of producing yourself would just be schizophrenia yeah exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is you have a hallucinations right it's the same thing right yeah so i mean the hallucinations and schizophrenia are caused by something different but yeah that's why they're often auditory yeah right right (laughs) No, this this reminds me though. One of the reasons I was interested in the ego death part you mentioned because I had heard stuff like that before, and well, we we've talked about like what it means, like what you're what you are, right? Like we've had conversations about like, oh, you know, if you go through a teleporter, is that you, you know, and whether it's sending the mog atoms or not, and like debated like what you you know what makes you you basically. And I feel like I don't know. At least I've experienced is like when you really go down that rabbit hole enough you know, thinking about the sort of philosophy and science behind it, you're kind of like this, normally you have this pretty clear stark, like this is me and I'm separate from the universe, right? That's like pretty hard coded into your brain. But like when you dig into that rabbit hole enough, it starts to separate and get a little blurry. And I've been in that like experience of being like, like, oh, you know, like what even am I, you know, and thinking about it like that. So, and then, so I was, when you talked about like ego death and stuff, it's kind of, it almost sounds like a drug way to kind of get to the same mental state sure sense right like there are like multiple ways to do at least some aspects of it right because it's sort of like yeah i mean you're taking away a part of your brain that like helps to combine different sensations but like if you remove that part of the brain it's like you like essentially just you experiencing like you know sight and sound like in a more pure way i mean it's still your like in those areas are still interacting with one another so it's still like a sort of cohesive cognitive experience like you're still conscious you know so mm-hmm. 
Yeah. All right. So I want to ask a very one of the most important question to Jake. So how do you recommend someone if someone want to start in, experiment <laughs> with it? And how do you how how would someone like, experiment experiment with it like safely? Now how do you make sure you do a safe trip or something like that? Um, I mean, if you were to do, I mean, know what you, know what it is, and that's kind of hard to do. I mean, with mushrooms, you can definitely know, right? Like mm-hmm. if like that, like you can easily identify, get a book, whatever. That's if you're going to go hunted for it. That I don't recommend. If you're you able don't recommend to, that. Well, I mean, not for your first time. I mean, that okay. you need you need someone then who knows yeah, yeah. stuff. Like, don't go out there with just a book. I mean, you could, I guess, but like, <laughs> it's still probably better to have an expert with you, right? Who yeah. can go out and like identify it in the wild and be like, yeah, that's this, this, yeah, that, that will kill. You'll trip out, but just once, and that's it, <laughs> and then you'll die. Um, some mushrooms are very like poisonous, right? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, you'd be dead. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's what, that's why it's pretty freaky, honestly. Yeah. So, uh, but it's not that purple, right? If you can see like that purple, I guess, but there's like different kinds. Like there's a new mushroom or I don't know if it's new. It is, but I guess it's like new on the market, right? It's called penis envy and it's this mushroom, but, and the reason why it's called penis envy is because it looks like a penis, but supposedly like it's a very, it's a more intense trip, right? So like if you were to take three grams of like the normal mushrooms you would take for the penis envy, you'd probably just need one gram that would do that work of three grams. So some people make a mistake and they're like, I'm going to do my normal dose that I do, but this is like double. So you're like, Oh my God. So people are like, you know, and that sometimes can throw you off. If you're like taken unexpectedly, like, Oh, that's more than I thought. That's more intense than I thought it was going to be. Right. Um, So recommending wise is obviously you have to have someone who just has done it before knows what's up. You know, if you don't have that, I mean, obviously like you got to find a way to get it. You know, LSD is hard to get Uh, mushrooms isn't as much just because it's like a natural thing, you know, and people, you know, we can't just call Jake. No, no, you don't just call me. (laughs) (laughs) You don't just call me. All right. Uh, Delete this. Um, Jake is a a law abiding citizen. So this is true. Thank you. Um, Yeah. In the moment. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I would say definitely have someone there with you is always great. It was good to try it, you know, um, and yeah, if they're sober, that's cool too. You know, that's probably the most ideal, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's just have someone there and start small, right? You'd start mm-hmm. small. So if you were to do mushrooms, I'd be like, just try like a half a gram or a gram, you know, and uh, see how you feel, right? Now you can't double dose, meaning like, I think mushrooms, maybe you can. I can try to remember with acid, with LSD, you can't. Like if acid, you take, I take three hits, cool. And now I'm going, it's been like five hours. I'm tripping and I take more hits. Like it doesn't really, it's not going to add on. Like it might just prolong a little bit more, but you're not going to like, I get more intense. Do you, um, do you recommend that which one people should start with? Or do you, it doesn't matter really. I mean, it's a tough call, honestly, because I feel like, I feel like mushrooms is more something that people can wrap their mind around a little bit more so and are more willing to probably because it, maybe it's a natural thing. And yeah. maybe, I don't know, maybe I think LSD has been like prop, you know, enough propaganda to like really demon, you know, demonize yeah. this, this drug. Right. I mean, like remember growing up and you're in the schools and they're like the story of like, it stays in your brainstem and you can have flashbacks anytime. And there was the guy who did it in the seventies and it was like, he was a dad and it was like 1990 something. And he had a flashback while he was driving and he crashed and he died and everyone died and you're like that's not really how it works i don't really think that's you know how it goes i mean i've never had a i've, I've never had a flashback you know i mean i mean kind of, maybe after you do it freshly like if you like smoke maybe like you can kind of feel like it can kind of like re-trigger but not really it's so soft like it's yeah. not really it's probably not even really noticeable you just you know and and that's some of the two are you just placeboing yourself for some of the shit you know i mean the drug itself is altering at you but what is the power suggestion you know so i say yeah. start small i would yeah. say probably go for mushrooms 
Um, just do like a gram. Take it easy, mushrooms. Definitely have someone there, you know, and just you know. Oh, make sure to- there's some some another person with you. Say what? You say make sure there's another person yeah. with you. Yeah, just I mean, you know, just to, for the sake to- of like. It's not so much for safety. You're not going to, if you're taking it for the first time and you're taking like one gram or like a hit or half a hit or half a gram, you're not going to freak out and like grab a knife and kill yourself. You're not going to fall out the window. You're not going to, it's not going to be intense like that at all. If anything, you're just going to be more like, I just want to get out of my house or something, right? If you're like in your apartment, maybe you want to get out or you're bored. You can be like, I want to talk to somebody, have someone there to like hang out with. You know, because then maybe you get more in your head, right? Then maybe you freak yourself out and you're, you know, you overanalyze a lot of stuff, right? And you're thinking about crazy, you know, and that's where it can get kind of like, now you're having a bad trip, right? Because now you're just bumming yourself out. But if you have someone there and you're having fun, you know, and then also the activity depends on what you're doing too, you know, start small and go in it, go in it in a good place. Like if you're just like my mom died, let's trip out. You're like, that's a bad move, man, (laughs) you know? But if it's yeah. like, but it, but if you're just like, I'm neutral or I'm in a good place, if you're like, I got a promotion, everything's great. That would actually be probably the most ideal. If that's, you know, but like, otherwise neutral and just try to like, and then also know that it's going to end, yeah. you know, like this is just a trip. You're altering your mind and then it's over and it's done. And the most that you're going to come out of it is, is, or the least you're going to come out of it. It's just like, oh, that happened. Okay. Anyway, it's Saturday. I guess I'm just going to hang out, you know, like. That's yeah. why I don't think it's as a, as a big deal as everybody seems to do it. You know, that's just people wanting to make it a big deal, right? Everyone who wants to get hippy dippy with it, they want to. You want to have this cool thing and experience, but really, and you want it to change you, you know. But I, I think at the end of the day, like if you just realize, like I just, I it's like I just drank, right? I got drunk. I took yeah. some drug that altered the chemistry of my brain and the synapses and all this stuff and the you know receptors or whatever it is, and it's physical. You know, and you realize like that, that that's all that was then like at the end of it, you're just going to be like, OK, I did that. That's why I think like Matt, if you did it, you'd, you'd be fine. You would probably just be like, oh, OK, well, I just maybe I just wasted my Friday night. You know, like that's how you look at you. Like I just wasted a day. Your cats, so- you would probably see Matt, you would be tripping and you'd be like, I love my cats. How before how you were like, they're needy. Maybe the positive thing come out. You'd be like, you know what? I really do appreciate my cats. I'm so fucking happy. I have my cats and you'd be petting them and you'd be like, they feel so good. You're so cool. You'd be like so into it. You'd be like, my God, this cat. And then, you'd be, and then maybe you'd be like, what's it like to be a cat? Like, <laughs> you know? You know what, like, it kind of sounds like to me like, <laughs> this is a whole nother question, but it kind of sounds like skydiving to me. Yeah. Right? And then that it's like, like, like maybe like at some point you'd be like, that's, it's an intense experience. Right. And it's like, maybe you decide oh, I'm going to spend a weekend and I'm going to spend some money and I'm going to go do that. It's like for something for fun. Right. That's that's what it sounds like to me, which I also haven't skydived, but I'm like maybe someday like I'll get around. You, to you it. can do it. You can do it when you're 96, night George yeah. Bush. Well, I have skydived, and I, I actually I meant to I actually wrote that down on my phone as a thought. Is like skydiving is sort of like taking a drug like this. So it's funny you brought that up. Yeah, we're we're on the same yeah. level. Great um, minds. Yeah. So it's uh, but yeah, skydiving is sort of like an exp like it's a unique experience like that like doesn't necessarily like obviously we haven't evolved to like be able to place skydiving in like in our like ex- like normal like day to day experience. So it's sort of like you know what you're seeing 
is so like you're seeing the world in like just a unique way. Like you're seeing and hearing something that's totally unique. So it's like you're immersed in the moment. So exactly. No, skydiving is a great point. That's exactly because you're getting that dopamine rush and you're feeling good and it's crazy. The adrenaline, everything. And it's a unique experience. And then, yeah. And if you did it, I mean, I'd love to do skydiving at least once. Right. You know, now the difference is this, the difference is this skydiving. You can go once and that could be your last time. But if you take LSD one time, Probably it's not going to be, unless you do a crazy amount, right? Unless you actually do the, you know, but like most right. likely that's not going to happen. So, wow. so t- talking about a dangerous side. So what's, what's the, did you ever have a bad trip or no? I mean, not really. I mean, okay. I, you know, I mean, you know, I think when I was, when I was younger, when I first, the only time I ever really felt like, holy crap, was actually mm-hmm. not, it was actually marijuana. And it was when I was younger, you know, it was like sometime in like in, in high school, maybe. And I, and I, you know, uh, ripped a bong and uh, it was just, I guess I just smoked a lot or it was just a really intense hit. And that's when I was like, oh my God, like I was kind of freaking out a little bit then, but that's okay. the only time I ever had anything weird in terms of like mushrooms or LSD or any of that stuff. Like not really. I mean, the, you, the, the, the what go on. Do you have any like cautionary tales like you know best nice bad trip stories that you heard i mean like, maybe it, just nice give, give it people and i say hey you know this there's a dangerous side to this as well i would say don't go in it with a bad mindset try mm-hmm. to not go in public places right i mean like you probably don't for your first time because you're going to probably because also if you're kind of like i've never done drugs right or anything like that then you're not used to like a sort of law-breaking mindset, right? Like you're doing something not you shouldn't be doing. So you're going to be like, do people know? Like, oh my God, I'm going to get in trouble. And there's just the, and then you have to think of like, how do I got to act with these people? So I would recommend don't go to public. Maybe if you can get out of your place, like start it at your home. And then if you feel like you want to leave, that's why you have someone with you, right? Because then they can go, let's drive to the park. If you have to drive to the park, they could be like, let's drive. And they'll drive and you're in the car and that'll be a whole interesting thing. And then you can go to the park where it's like outside and, and there's a chance or like you go on a trail or something, somewhere where there's not going to be people, somewhere you can get out at least and something that you can do, you know? So that's why hiking or something like that, you're doing something, you're striving. I mean, I've done it and played video games, right? But some people don't like to do that. But I've done it playing video games and like I like played Skyrim or something, you know. And I could just did you see your imp- imp- performance improve, or did you get better in it? I know there were probably some times where I would just sit there and you would just stare at you'd be like looking at a waterfall and you're like that looks really cool, you know. So I would just be like that. It's almost like you're not really playing almost at that point. Like it, would, it starts off where it's like you're playing, you're doing normal quests, and then eventually you're just like, look at that dead body, it looks weird. Like you look at the graphics and you're like, look at the water. It's weird. It's cool. You're like watching the moon, the sunset. You just sit there. You know, sometimes I just get kind of zoned out. It just depends. Because then you think about stuff, right? You can get a little bit trapped. That's why it's good to have a person because you could talk to somebody. Because otherwise, like, you're just going to talk to yourself and just just have you on this weird trip. So the cautionary tales to be don't take too much. Try to go in with a good mindset. Be with somebody and have a way to, like, go and do something or be somewhere that, like, if you want to get out. Because you could feel trapped. You could be like, "I I feel stuck in here. I feel stuffy you know, and you can get out. Now that's not always the case. It just depends on the person. So, you know, but I think good mindset is probably the most important and having somebody there and like, don't do too much, you know, so right. treat it. And also know. talk to your doc- doctor, I guess, before you take any, any drugs. <laughs> yeah. I guess you not could. a doctor. <laughs> I am not a doctor. It's true. I mean, I guess you could, I, I, but I still feel like a regular doctor would probably be like, maybe don't, but I, yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I think their advice is going to be the same. Yeah. You know? That's like asking your mom. It's like, go to your mom, like, mom, should I take acid? She'd be like, what? What's wrong with you? No. 
you know? So I, mean, I feel like a doctor would say the same thing. They'd be like, I don't recommend it. <laughs> all right. All right. Junto Cloud, do not recommend drugs. That's right. Well, hold on here. We don't, <laughs> we don't want our listeners to be schizophrenic. <laughs> right. Let's just make it, we're clear. None of us are medical professionals. We don't right. know what we're talking about. And that said, we're good. That's right. <laughs> it's not that we don't know what we're talking about. We never know what we talk about. <laughs> yes. So, but no, I mean, I think uh, to summarize, because this is once again a two hour episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To summarize, uh, I mean, I think that, you know, these, like, I mean, sort of like on the, uh, what was the name of that podcast I listened to, Shu? Team Ferris and, and with Michael, Michael Pollan. Yes, on that podcast. I mean, I think they ended by saying that, you know, more research is needed. And I mean, I think I land on that side. I mean, I think based on based on my somewhat limited understanding, these drugs have potential to help like SSRIs, but they're more of a blanket treatment for mental disorders or mental illnesses that are super individualized. So I don't think they're like a cure-all. And I think like these hallucinogenics are interesting because you know they sort of allow you to immerse yourself in the moment and like with certain uh like you know up sensation while lowering sort of that uh voice in your head that sort of uh, regulates behavior and how you view things so and i mean i think that can lead to you know change long-term changes if people experience something acutely enough where they're like they're able to take that with them so Mm. So, yeah, it's a, it, I think there's another point they mentioned, like, like antidepressant. For like, there's no new drug like for treating depression since like 1990s, right? And then this is the new thing has a very potential is very great. That's uh, yeah, sure, yeah. But I guess what I, my objection is what Matt like Matt used the right word like pretty early in the podcast. Precision is. Mm. Like, you know, in order to, like, treat people's, like, anxiety and mental issues, it's, like, every individual has, like, 100% of individuals have different mental issues. So Oh, yeah. So, then that's uh, why I, I feel like, uh, and it's the psychedelic I was talking about, they were, and it's, I, I heard, and they, it's, it's not a drug that you just take. It's not a pill you take, right? It's, it's almost like therapy section. You go to see a like, therapist, psychedelic therapist, and it's sick with you. You take it, and it walk you through experience basically so it's not individualized in a way right sure uh, no i mean i guess that that's 100 percent true i mean you know that's why you know manson used it to like because it may yes it, it it makes you suggestible and people can uh it Who's makes manson? you well charles manson but yeah so we're not going down that hole right now but yeah it <laughs> makes time. you suggestible it makes your senses heightened and like if if you like are have someone to help you recognize like you know an ex- part of that like perceptual experience that you liked it can help you i guess help you to change so i was gonna say because at the end of the day it comes down to like you if you're accepting it right you know right right, right. so so it can it's true but i think if you could sit here and someone can go it's all bullshit you know right. and then Right. Well, it's just, I mean, like, so as you, as you talked about, like the smoker example, like the smoker, like when they're, 
um, you know, just smoking and they, you know, they may notice a shitty taste in their mouth, but they're like, oh, it relaxes me or, you know, but when it's like, you know, all of your senses are heightened and you're like, and there isn't that voice in your head about like, oh, like smoking makes me feel good. Like, or, you know, like, or the, in the past smoking has made me feel good and you actually taste how horrible it is. Like if you come back after the fact and you can sort of, I guess, uh, hold on to like, uh, it was just such a terrible taste in my mouth. Like, but how, but how, hold on to that for how long? Right. Cause you could be like, ah, I quit cigarettes for what? Like two weeks and then you're back at it. Right. Exactly. Well, that's because, the thing. Yeah. Right. So that's the thing. Like you're suggestible in that moment. So how much do you cling to that? So, exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. More research needed. So stay tuned. <laughs> yes. More research needed. Stay tuned. So. And I think don't do drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unguided. Unguided. Don't do drugs. Unguided. Yes. Don't do drugs and go skydiving like me. <laughs> you do drugs and went skydiving? <laughs> no, 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 no. I said don't do drugs. Go skydiving. I know. Oh, I see. Ah, maybe, maybe you should next time psychedelic and go skydiving. See how yeah. how that works. Oh man, that'd be pretty awesome, actually. Wow. The All rest right. of your life would just be so dull after that. Probably. <laughs> you'd be like, I peaked. That's it. Like, man, you'd be trying to like escalate it from there on. You know, you're like, I got to like, I got to go to space, man. Yeah. I got to go to, do a spacewalk on shrooms. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Uh, they should test that. The astronauts should test that. I'd be very curious. All right. Well, I'll pay for you to go to skydive. All right. <laughs> um, Thank you, Michael. Thanks. All right. Yeah, he's gonna go find you some shrooms in some guy's cow field. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I yeah. don't recommend that. Don't do that. Don't trespass. <laughs> that's uh, right. <laughs> that, that's where that's the new line Jake has. Yeah, drugs are don't fine, trespass. but don't trespass. He's got a libertarian slant. The government yeah. telling him what he can't do. Fuck off. But private property rights are important. Okay? Hey, yeah. that's true. You know, mostly because you want to survive. They might shoot you. you yeah, know? exactly. Especially <laughs> if it's like a farmer, right? He's going to get it, you know. Yeah. It's fine. All right. Is there anything right. else before I take us offline? Hey, Do we us know what we're offline. doing next week? <laughs> oh, next week? Uh, well, oh, that's uh, we should talk about that. I think the next two weeks we are off because Shu and Matt are becoming PhDs. Not yet. Nice. We'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, if things go well. Yeah, we're doing our defense, so we'll see what happens. All right. If we're here, we're here. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we are offline. Chill, though. Flop. <laughs>